0: All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law here as the uh, Super Tailgate Tour continues from Rivers Casino in Portsmouth. Uh, Larry King Law brings it to you as uh, we are here with you at the uh, Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Uh, of course, the place to place your wagers for Super Sunday. You can catch all the action also on the biggest screens around. It's Hampton Road's ultimate spot to wager, wager, and win at uh, Rivers Casino. And at Bet Rivers. All right, so they were good enough to Bet Rivers folks gave us the uh, printouts of all their uh, props for uh, the big game on Sunday um, in addition to, you know, like the regular stuff, right, like first half, second half, highest scoring right. half, these kind of things. Uh, as well here where you can uh, wager um, longest play from scrimmage, you know, who that might be, you know, total turnovers, you can bet on things like that. Uh, total sacks, you know, they have over-unders on – all these things as well. And, you know, rushing yards per player, receiving yards, stuff you would expect, and, and obviously touchdowns as well. So uh, just kind of sifting through some of these uh, total yards by players and, you know, a lot of a lot of interest clearly in Christian McCaffrey um, in this Super Bowl because I think we expect him to be a very large part of what the 49ers try to do, right? So in terms of receiving yards, Christian McCaffrey uh, right now, you have um, – you know r- yards for him. You can get anything. You can bet on anything from Christian McCaffrey over seven, you know, over twenty nine and a half to over thirty three and a half with different odds. You know, you know over underlines, You know, like minus one fifteen if it's an over thirty three and a half. You mm-hmm. know, plus one eighty five. You go over forty four and a half. I mean, if you really want to be bold, you you know if you think he's going to have more than fifty yards or more than 45, forty five, forty nine and a half yards receiving, you get plus two. Fifty-five on that, so there, there's some interesting ones with uh, Christian McCaffrey certainly involved here, uh, and you know catching the football out of the backfield, and you know which ways you can go there. Debo Samuel, right now we had discussed a little bit of um, Brandon Ayuk the other day, but we didn't talk about Debo. Debo right now, so they have a couple different ones that are interesting, including the one that's um, the sixty-nine point five. One, if you go over there, you get it at plus 143. You can get it under at minus 182 right now for Debo Samuel if you think, you know, 70 yards or more. And that's kind of the range for him. So, again, a lot of different ways to play it here at Bed Rivers. But I was going to try to find some of the weirder things throughout the uh, throughout the prop lines. You know, of course, the halftime coin toss thing, <laughs> which I don't think you can you – I haven't seen it here at Bed Rivers. I mean, maybe they'll have it on Sunday. It doesn't look like they do. Um, but these are some of the ones that you find maybe more in, like, the offshore markets. We were talking about this last week with our guy Tim Murray. And, um, you know, like again, why would you want to bet on a coin toss? It's literally 50-50, right? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> – but people love it. And there's only so much you can bet on it. But anyway, it has – right now, Heads has 54% of the tickets and um, at the MGM And uh, other places, which team will win the coin toss? The 49ers have gotten 55% of the, boat, the bets. And only 48% of the handle so far. Um, so that's where that's going. The Taylor Swift thing is a real thing. So there's other casinos around the country, including at Caesars, where Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown score is minus 105. It has more wagers than the 49ers in the money line and the spread. And this certainly um, is a big deal for, for the books, that that's going on there. So you have that going on. You know, again, this fake idea that he's going to propose, I, supposedly no. offshore places you can bet this at, real casinos, real books aren't really dealing with those kind of things. But as far as the quarterbacks are concerned, the over on Mahomes passing touchdowns, one and a half right now uh, at minus 1,600. Rushing yards of 26 and a half. Now, he's not a, look, he's not a big runner necessarily, but as we know, he's made big runs when they needed him to in the last Super Bowl. Right. Uh, that's minus 120 for the under. Uh, that has been very lopsided right now, um, according to the action at BetMGM. 99% of the money is on the over on passing TDs, and 97% of the money is on the over on his rushing yards as well. So they feel like Pat Mahomes because this is the biggest game of the year. and There's no other game after it is going to be ball's little wall. So he's going to run more and obviously he's going to hit all of his passing marks as well.
1: I mean, is he going to run more though cuz he's not really that guy. Like you said, he's not he's not much of a runner. He's more of a at I absolutely have to Well, kind he's of a, he's an
0: extender, right? Like he's a, he's right. more of a behind the line of scrimmage runner quite a bit, right? Right. But as far as running you know, Again, go back to Philly, the Philly game last year. Yeah, the one run where they needed to get in field goal range right. he made on the bum ankle. But it's interesting to see the public feels like in this game we're going to see one of those Pat Mahomes moments as well. He's going to take it in his own hands as opposed to trying to put it in the air. Um, the most lopsided prop on 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy as of Tuesday uh, was his on interceptions. 99% of the money wagered is on Purdy to throw over the uh, .5 interceptions in the Super Bowl. See,
1: I don't know. See, all
0: the Purdy haters are out. I, Purdy hate is real. What was our guy in Virginia Beach was telling us this earlier? Uh, he wasn't getting, right?
1: The, the Chiefs just don't <laughs> get a ton of interceptions. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like As good as their corners yeah. are and as, as good as that defense has been, I think they've had eight interceptions the entire season if I remember correctly, which is near the bottom of the league. And that obviously didn't affect their defense that much because they were a great defense. And you don't have to you know, create interceptions to be a great defense. And Purdy, is pre- he's pretty careful. He's pretty careful. I know that but he, he has he to throw some issues.
0: Yeah, he's throwing picks in the playoffs though, right? But yeah, yeah.
1: So, so I don't, I don't know. Ah, could he throw one? Sure, yeah, yeah I guess.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um 687 uh ninety four text line and obviously the phone line, the Valley is phone line, seven five seven, six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Big Game Bets is brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. Visit High Noon Spirits dot com to find it uh, near you. But again, the bigger issue or the bigger the more you know, the game related number that matters right now is two and we'll see if that nudges over these next couple of days. But right now it is kind of – seems like it's settled there uh, for, yeah. again, the Niners, the two-point favorite. And, it, and again, if, assuming it doesn't flip to the to the Chiefs, the 49ers will be the first team since the 2021 Chiefs to be favored in 20 games this season, in every single game, which would wow. be quite a – you know, it's quite a testament to the kind of roster they put together. Like as a roster-building organization –
1: I don't see this flipping Chiefs. Yeah, I don't either. As far as the line goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money that goes into the 49ers. They're, big, like, and they're, they're a popular team. Um, they're a a very popular wager team as well. And they have, you know, a lot of big buck people, let's be honest, that are supporting them. All that Silicon Valley money. All the Silicon Valley bettors that are going to be rolling into Vegas. Plus, mm-hmm. it's closer to California for them than it is, you know, coming from middle of America, Kansas City. And, you know, the Chiefs. Fans looking at it this way, like I've probably already been to Las Vegas this year to see them play the Raiders. I, you know, I'll just go to next year Super Bowl um, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere else. The Chiefs, yeah. you know, the Chiefs fans can afford that mentality. Like, I guess if I don't so. catch it this year, I'll be back next year. <laughs> Booking your trip to New Orleans already? Yeah. There are you? They've already, you know, New Orleans is a hell of a lot cheaper than Vegas. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how they've been. Uh, other, other interesting thing um, on this. Um, on this uh, front, uh, from the Bet Rivers folks, the betting public has spoken, and it says Chiefs loud and clear. The sportsbook reported seventy-three percent of the bets and seventy-six percent of the point spread money have been placed. Entering Monday was on Kansas City. Wow! Although again, the Niners, you know, the the, the dollar figures apparently are stronger at this point to keep them as the two-point favorite uh, so far. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. All right, and get to some quarterback stuff. Uh, two of the rookie quarterbacks this year that uh, were the first two taken. Uh, one had a great year. He wasn't the one that was first taken, but the guy who went number two has got a lot of things to say about the guy who went number one. Here with CJ Stroud to say next about Bryce Young. Scott Jackson show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We're at Rivers Casino, your home for live sports and sports betting right here. Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Rivers Casino. It's the only place to be on game day. This is the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. He asked him about Bryce Young, you know, who had a rough rookie season. Of course, C.J. Stroud had an excellent rookie season, went to the playoffs. But ironically, Bryce Young head-to-head won the matchup. That That was their first win. That is true. That was the Panthers' first win of the year to make sure, you know, we were all wondering if they were going to win a game. They beat the Texans. But here's a little bit of uh, C.J. Stroud, who was the second quarterback taken in the draft on the guy who was taken first, who clearly did not have the same
2: type of success in year one. So, in his shoes, I feel like a lot of stuff didn't go his way that was out of his control. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you can't make a play if somebody don't block. You can't make a play if somebody don't catch the ball. Like, and when you watch the tape, like, Bryce did a lot of great things. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be a great player, but it takes time. You know, like, I think I came into a situation where, you know, we were struggling, I know, but like, uh, we still had a lot of good pieces, and, and Nick Casario, our GM, brought in a lot of good vets. You know, D'Amico was the perfect coach for our, our type of team. So, like, I think our rhythm, and, you know, like I said earlier, everybody's path is different. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I had a good rookie year, and Bryce is going to have a great second year, you know what I'm saying? And hopefully I do too, but, like, I know everything's going to be fine for him. And I told him, like, you the one, bro. Yeah. You the yeah. one for a reason. Like, don't ever, ever, like – and he's not going to, but don't ever look at yourself different, bro. Like, ever.
0: All right, that was a little C.J. on Bryce Young. Very nice of him. The one thing I'd say he left out was, um, you know, the Texans (laughs) – and this is funny because people don't think much of the McNairs – are not uh, insane like the guy in Carolina. That is true. But, like, he had a lot more talent around him. This is 100% true. It's really hard to look at this season the Panthers had and look at that roster – and say, yes, you definitively can say Bryce Young is whatever because they really gave the kid no support. It was embarrassing. Uh, it's really embarrassing how how little support he got.
1: It's sad, too, when you looked at that roster, especially because we took a deep look at it during yeah. the trade deadline, right? Because we were trying to right. say, you know, buyers and sellers, you know, yeah. obviously Carolina be so. And Brian Burns was the only guy, the only sell. guy right. that anybody even said, yeah, that, that's the guy that we'd want. They literally had no one else. That you had any interest (laughs) in at all, and that should tell you a lot.
0: It really is, and you know, bad enough you gave up the number one pick. You know, would eventually ended up being the number one pick. Clearly, they didn't know that going into the season. They weren't hoping to be the worst team in the NFL, but the fact that you threw in DJ Moore in the deal, yeah, and then you were gonna know you knowing you were gonna take a quarterback at number one, and you had nothing around him. It's such a weird plan. Mm -hmm. I mean. Just makes no sense at all, and the more you dive into that Carolina stuff from last year, the stranger it is too. When you hear about, it, you know, that a lot of that was dictated by, you know, the owner and his wife <laughs> going around and, and scouting. Yeah. I mean, it's like wow, yeah. this is like this is like a Dan Snyder story. You know, is, is really what it boils down to. It was that it was that dysfunctional and weird, and uh, hopefully, you know, they get let. Canales do his job uh, and build an offense around this kid and give him a chance. But I mean, they've how many coaches are they pay him? We figured this out the other day, right? It's like three. It'll be three now. It'll be three coaches they're paying um, next year as well in Carolina. So not a great thing. But bright, bright C.J. Stroud, you know, good for him. Tremendous rookie year, and I have to say that the last the last um, performance he had at college, you know. A year ago, when they when Ohio State lost to Georgia, and Georgia was on their way to being repeat champions, I mean that was the game that I was like, oh, okay, yeah. this, this guy's a big yeah. time baller. I mean, because you know some of the games during the season, you're like, yeah, this wasn't the greatest team, whatever, you know. And then he didn't have the best best game against the Wolverines. You're like, oh, I don't know about this game, And then he comes back and balls out like that, and I was like, okay, I, I can I can see I can see this now. And then. Put together the year he had this year, uh, you know, good for him. And smart, smart uh, statement. He's right because it really, it switches, right? Like you you could feel great. You have a great rookie year. It means nothing. I mean, we were just talking about Chase Young earlier. I mean, was a, yeah. so, I mean, you would have told me if, if in year four we're talking about effort level in the field, I'd laugh in your face. Like there's no way you're ever going to question his effort. That kid's got a motor that doesn't stop. And now people are questioning his motor. Uh, you know, going into the Super Bowl, and, you know, and again, his motor's being questioned in the NFC Championship game. Uh huh. And it's not unfair because it's there's it's, tape, there's tape, and the tape don't lie. I mean, everybody sees it, and you're like, wow, that's embarrassing. Like, what are you? And he's like one of the most athletic guys in the field, or it's supposed to be at least. And he's not even trying. Like, why? What has happened here?
1: Yeah, it was Albert Hainsworth level <laughs> embarrassing.
0: <laughs> well, not quite. He wasn't flailing on it the ground bad. like a dead fish. Luckily, but no, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And again, with with. Um, You know, with that skill set, that was shocking. But yeah, I mean, good for C.J. Stroud. He's right. I mean, you just got to keep stacking it together. It's like this whole thing with Purdy. So goofy. Like we think, like something's going to be proven one way or the other on Sunday about his career. Like even if he wins it, you know, he's still going to expect it to show up next year and do it again. Yeah. Like you know, you got to keep playing. Like you don't get to stop. You know. I guess. Well, you can't if you retire. I don't think he's ready to do that. <laughs> All right, 757-687-9494. Let's get to the Who's uh, phone liner guy, Paulie, joins us from Norfolk. What's up, Paulie?
3: Hell to the W. Jax, what's good, man? James. You are, buddy. My hey, look. What's man? going on, Paulie? What you're trying to say is Purdy is the new Kirk Cousins, but not
0: in the Dak Prescott kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's, that's twisted, what you mean, man! That's I got That's kind of like that. That made my head spin. Those man. are
1: let's layers. That's
0: layered, man. That's some layered stuff right there, Paulie.
1: Hey,
3: listen, this I'm gonna say it again for you. Purdy is the new Kirk Cousins, but not in the Dak Prescott type of way. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> hey, listen, man! I got a one hit wonder for the Super Bowl. Okay. Atlanta Falcons safety Eugene Robinson. Now, <laughs> I don't know if it counts as one hit. I'm sure uh-huh. it's more than one time because we did all week long. And it's a happen on a Saturday. Yep. But you got to say Eugene Robinson for the Atlanta. Oh, man.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> That's good. Hey, man. What a boy, man. What you expect? I uh, know. <laughs>
0: That's a good one. That's better than the Janet Jackson jokes we're getting. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Very well done, hey man, Paul. I'm, I'm,
3: I'm gonna let y'all roll out on that one. That's all I had to say. All man. right, you got you got to leave legend, on a high man. note. He's Going on a high note, I love it. I love it. Richie all right, sir. Man, glad to hear from you, man. I noticed he's not at Bet Rivers, but he was at Hooters. Hell, C <laughs> W. You know, y'all be.
0: Richie has been on the board and will continue. I mean, he's he's been all week. I mean, he's he's the. He's the MVP. It's really yeah, going to need
1: a nap on this song. I know
0: it, yeah. it is kind of it is kind of disconcerting to be thought of as being at one place when you were never there because that means they can <laughs> uh, you, you can be at anywhere, I
1: guess. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, they're they're trying to clone Richie. If actually, anybody could be
1: in two places at once, it's Richie. Summer. we're
0: trying to clone him to to, to get more out of, uh, to get more done. That's for sure. You might want to hurry, um, ty- Tyler's <laughs> Tyler in the seven five seven text us to say, are you ready for? Leonard Hankins' uh, mania part two. Um, he's a Cowboys free agent. Yeah, so what he's talking about is a few years ago when Hankins was a free agent, a defensive tackle, um, in the Redskins, I think, I mean, was it, or Washington football was desperate for help on the defensive line. Jonathan Hankins, not Leonard Hankins, Jonathan Hankins. And everybody would, like, ask every day, well, are they are going to sign Jonathan Hankins? Are they going to sign Jonathan Hankins? And, like, it never happened. No, I hope not. I mean, they, they are good at defensive tackle. They need people on the outside. They need people on the outside. They got a lot of defensive tackle talent.
2: They got no outside
0: talent. They got no outside talent. Yeah, that was the '17 season. That was a Red season. That was when Gruden was coaching. Still, I remember that. Yeah, and I don't know why they didn't sign. Him, to be honest, because that team was so untalented. But as it turned out, he wasn't all that great. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll go that route. But. I don't know. We'll well, who would
1: know him better than Dan Quinn at this point? Well, Dan
0: Quinn, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I guess we start looking at the Cowboys free agents at some point to, to think about that. Right now he's still trying to put his staff together, and the Cowboys aren't helping him there as well. All 687 687 uh, You can hit us up via the uh, phone line, the Valley Hoos phone line, or the text line at 757-687-9494. All right, going back to the Stroud thing real quick. So he has a tremendous year right and they they have a team that you know even loses a a top receiver uh at one point towards the end of this year nico collins and they just kind of keep it rolling and i and i would say what was surprising to me about the texans this year was it's they didn't really run the ball as well as i thought they would have going Mm -hmm. into the season and that's still something they probably could add to their arsenal to help the young quarterback too moving forward. But the Texans, like and we're going to do this probably, you know, the next couple of weeks once the season actually ends is, you know, teams that you expect to rise next year, you know, or expect more of, you know, the advance more. Yeah. I would I would put the Texans on my short list than the oh, AFC yeah. for oh, sure. Yeah. I feel a lot better about the Texans after this season than I do the Jags. I'll tell you that much. That was highly disappointing no, for me. I no was really, yeah. really bummed out about the Jags. I thought they would take the next step, but – my son was talking trash to me in the in the summer about how Trevor Lawrence is going to the Hall of Fame someday and t- told him not to get ahead <laughs> of himself. That's his so, guy. And now look what happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Devin Singletary, you know, you know, he was like a 900-yard rusher in 17 games. It's okay. But they never really got much out of Damian Pierce. and It was weird because he had a pretty good rookie year. But they did not run it particularly well. Um, and granted, Stroud was slinging around the yard, I mean, 4,100 yards passing and – you know, 23 TDs to five picks. I mean, they definitely uh, surprised a lot of people. They're, as they as the, as the kids would say, they're ahead of schedule. That they are. Yeah, that they are ahead of schedule. So yeah, I would think he's going to be the. Well, do they break it down It's is it the AFC Offensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, whatever, however they do it, or is it the AFC Rookie of the Year? Right? Is that what it is? I think that's what what he'll get. I
1: think. Yeah, yeah. I think they do.
0: Whatever the award is, he's going to get it. <laughs> Somebody just asked me if I'm watching the awards honors tomorrow. Is it tomorrow night? Why did I think it was was Saturday? Is it Friday? Is it Friday or Saturday? I think it's Friday. All right. Whatever it is, I will probably try to watch it. I will try to watch it. What day is it again? Today's Wednesday. (laughs) NFL honors, I always thought it was on a Friday or Saturday. I'm
1: almost positive it's on a Friday.
0: Yeah, NFL honors. Yeah, that makes more sense. They wouldn't do it on Saturday night, right? Would they do it on a Thursday night? Um,
1: Well, the NFL does like doing things on Thursday.
0: They do do (laughs) <laughs> Here's the kicker, though. It's streaming, and you have to get it on uh, on some <laughs> new streaming network the NFL just invented. And it's uh,
1: only on iPhone. Yeah,
0: and it's only, and you can only do it on your iPhone. Um, on Day. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's correct information, but again, he, you know, earlier today I was thinking it was Tuesday. So it's yeah, no, my man nailed it. Tomorrow, eight o'clock. Boom. Sorry. Wow. In my face. Tomorrow, could have sworn it was Friday. February eighth. Tomorrow, the red carpet event. By the way, there are still tickets available. <laughs> I'm just seeing this right now. Apparently people would rather be at the gaming tables. Yes. Yes, I will try to watch that. And I would imagine C.J. Stroud's name will get called. All right. <laughs> Kevin Pierre-Louis. Yeah, no, uh, it was um, it wasn't Kevin Pierre-Louis that the, command, the Redskins had that year. It was somebody else. I know you're talking about, but yes, Ricky Jean-Francois. Yeah, Ricky, remember him? Oh, gosh. Him? Jean-Francois. It was the guy that the uh, commander sat that year on the defense line? He was a former Forty Nine er, and that was the big thing. That was back when um, Scott, with one T, McLuhan was the GM, and he was getting a lot of guys that you know that he had some type of relationship, like all these guys do. Like, hey, I knew this guy, you know, yeah. yeah. They love you know all this stuff. They know all these people. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Uh, before we get out of here, you got to get to the Billy O'Brien story that you didn't know uh, existed uh, when it comes to the new Ohio State offensive coordinator, or is he? Uh, we'll get to that coming up. Also, some more from Super Bowl week uh, on the other side. Scott Jackson Show. We're coming at you from Rivers Casino here in Smort, Portsmouth. Come out and try your hand at blackjack, poker, relay slots, and so much more. A true Las Vegas-style experience here just down the road off uh, I-264 and Victory Boulevard here in Portsmouth. We'll be here until 7 uh, James Witham's got your sports center. The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Harry King Law as we continue here on the Super Tailgate broadcast tour here at Rivers Casino. We're in the Bet River Sportsbook where you can catch all the live sports action on the biggest screens in town. Hampton Roads' ultimate spot to watch, wager, and win. And again, all the table games here. You've got uh, slots, craps, roulettes. Is it in Roulet uh, <laughs> with live dealers against live dealers? I just thought you were trying to be eccentric, does not I, I? I didn't realize I said that. I'm sorry. Uh, Richie's giving me a hard time during the break. I You know, sometimes I French it up. All right, uh, You know, the big mystery of um, Bill Belichick, I don't think it's much of a mystery. I think we've discussed this for weeks on end about why he's not working this year because I don't believe in this structure in this day and age people want to give – one person all the power, especially one who was so bad with it right. in his previous right. job. But anyway, nonetheless, this is sort of headline news-ish, I guess, because it was said in Boston today on uh, the Sports Hub. But uh, Thomas Dimitrov, who, of course, was the Falcons GM from 2008-2020, also worked in uh, New England with Bill Belichick or under Bill Belichick and many others. Uh, prior to that was on and uh, they asked him why they, he thought that Belichick didn't end up in his old spot in Atlanta he said uh, he says that the inner group in there right he said uh, look anytime Bill goes to an organization you would assume whatever your thoughts are about him he deserves the right to run it maybe there was a group inside the building who kept pushing back to Arthur let's call it um, the way it is any organization wants to keep their world right presidents want to keep their wor- in their world Um, He he says, yeah, you saw the discussion about Rich McKay, right? He says Rich is a very talented guy. He knows a lot. The fact that he and Bill would have had to work together or not work together wasn't going to happen. And Arthur made the bold statement saying that was not an issue. Um, But Dimitrov goes on to say Belichick, uh, if Belichick's going to land somewhere, he's going to have to overhaul the franchise, whether it's executive in place like it or not. Because I think everyone looks at it like, yeah, but when you get someone like Belichick in there, is it going to be overhauled eventually? Um, but that may also keep him on the sidelines too. I mean, do you, like for Philadelphia, for example, do you think after all the years in service of a Howie Roseman that Jeffrey is just going to throw him out the window for Bill Belichick, who only has so. a three- to four-year window with Max at 72 going into the next year? I, see, I, I disagree with that. I mean, again, uh-huh. people aren't stupid. They understand. They can separate the Bill the coach versus Bill the personnel guy. I, I think Bill's going to have to meet somebody halfway here. But, again, look, like, there's always somebody desperate enough, I suppose, right? But the problem is, you know, once he starts rearranging the furniture and the structure of everything, you're going to have to really trust that's the right way to keep it when he leaves, and that's debatable because even New England has rearranged the furniture since he left. I mean, they've totally restructured everything they did. Uh, they brought it, you know, they've moved people around. They're not doing it the way he did it. I, I don't know. I kind of hard find it hard to believe. I think, I think, again, there's enough information out there to know that that does not work
1: now. Well, not only that. If you're Bill Belichick at this age and at this point in your career, would you do you really – really want to go into a reclamation project? I mean, is that something that you even really want to do anymore that's going to take you know, a couple of years to even get off the ground and then maybe you can start winning some games? I mean, let's say he suddenly becomes good at it again. Is that something that you even want to do at that age? I mean, how much longer do you want to keep coaching, never mind want to do a complete overhaul of an organization? That just seems like yeah. a lot of work. I mean, I would think if I was Bill Belichick, that the, you kind of want to – Roll into a place like the Chargers situation when you think you've got enough pieces in place, and maybe you get a Super Bowl out of it, you know, to end your career and say, "Yeah, I got one without Brady too." I don't know why on earth he'd even want to go to a place where you've got to overhaul it. It doesn't a, a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah,
0: and again, I just think there, there's going to be limited limited places that want to deal with with the guy who wants to run everything. And again, most of the people that are starting these searches are not the owners, they're the, the people under the right. owners, right? And in the case of, of Arthur Blank, it's interesting. So Arthur Blank seeks out to talk to Bill Belichick, but then he makes, you know, Rich McKay be part of the process. I mean, did you really ever think Rich McKay was going to say, oh, yeah, sure, I want Bill to take my job. Yeah, take my job, <laughs> I want to do less here. I want to <laughs> do less here. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, again, same thing. They say, well, Howie's got a good relationship with Bill and, you know, Jerry does. But again, Jerry wants no parts of giving up all the Jerry stuff that he yeah. does. He's not doing that. He's not going to let Stephen, you know, push his kid out of the way either. He's actually done a good work. I mean, their structure—they draft well. That's not the problem. They can draft. They can get talent. A Little chintzy on free agency, which is weird. Well, but, you know. Anyway, I, I don't. I don't see. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think it's. I think Bill's the one who's going to have to kind of recalibrate his. His uh, wants and desires, if if he really wants to return to the sidelines again,
1: and that could be a big if.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, the tough part is he, he's not there for long, and then what? Then what do you do? You know, then then what happens at that point?
1: And you're already missing a year by not getting getting him now. That's another year off of the tally.
0: Yeah,
1: he's not going to coach forever, even even if he wants to. He, the, you know, you can't physically do this job forever.
0: Right there is. That part of it as well. All right. 757 687 uh, 94 94. Uh, via the text line, our guy Paulie says, Ron now rex Jerry must got it in for McCarthy. <laughs> I, I mean, it's again, well, and Zimmer was in between. I, I, I think Zimmer actually makes sense, um, who of course worked there years ago, but still knows defense. I di- I'm just surprised that, um, I, to me, Al Harris, I mean, if you're Al Harris, like, you're like, well, what do I got to do here? To be promoted at this point in your career, got to be pretty frustrating if they if they decide to go on the outside with you know three failed head coaches are the first people you bring in not you know not somebody who was on somebody's staff that was good you know like you know not yeah. like an up and comer you're yeah. just like trying to pick a you know, obvious thing and again Rivera hasn't even been a D coordinator for like a decade but he wasn't really the last time he was really a D coordinator true and through was in San Diego when it was the San Diego Chargers. I mean, Mm -hmm. so you're going back some time here uh, with North. I mean, that's a long, long, long time ago. Uh, One uh, real quick note, too, from from media stuff this week at the NFL. The NFLPA, this is fascinating, um, saying that banning the hip drop tackle would actually be detrimental to the game. You're like, what? Because isn't this supposed to protect players, right? Like I thought the whole thing – They want to keep healthy players in the field, so there's so many things you can restrict in a game and still call it football, says Calais Campbell, the Falcons. Um, And that's true, I mean, because there's only so many things you can see. But if if there are as many injuries as players, like the running backs and the receivers claim there is on the hip-trock tackle, then you would think they would be against it. Um, Campbell went on to say a lot of the rules that were put into place over the last 10-plus years have made the game a lot safer There were big adjustments for players. I feel like this particular rule change, I don't understand how you can police it right and it allows you to do your job. Chargers running back Austin Eckler believes the rule change would be detrimental to the game as well because tackling players is part of the game and asking officials to rule what kind of tackles violate the rules would be uh, a step in the wrong direction. Well, that's probably fair, right?
1: Yeah, you thought the roughing the passer rule was – was difficult and well, frustrating. So if they try to do this,
0: well, that's true. Because I mean, out. the swing thoughts that you put in the head, it does seem like there's some that are pretty obvious, though. With the hip drop thing, and then you're like putting your weight on the guy's hip, hence the name of it. That it's, pre- you know, when it's pulling a guy down awkwardly like that, like he's a steer, <laughs> you know, like you're in a oh, rodeo. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it looks not, pretty obvious, but I'm not saying you can't get yeah, hurt from it. Yeah. It's
1: just, again, you're, you want more officials in the game. You want you – know, you and it would be subjective to crews as well and, oh, yeah. and certain officials. It's, it's not going to be an across-the-board type thing. It never is, just like pass interference isn't, just like roughing the passer isn't. You're just introducing one more reason to have questionable calls in a game. Well, we
0: definitely want to give these guys more swing thoughts because that doesn't hurt them.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> I would agree with that. But it, it is fascinating to um – See, there's been a blowback on the player side of this thing now. After it, it came off like it was a player initiative, right? Yeah. So, um, hey, that's why they have their own association, I suppose. That get your get your uh, story straight and come back with us, right? Yep. Get your story straight and come Most back with definitely. us. Definitely. All right. Um, our guy uh, G in the shops is McNabb calling it early in the vomit huddle. Uh, real one hit wonder. She's That was a uh, one-puke wonder for sure. That was nasty. That was hard. Yeah. National TV. Super Bowl. Most watched game of the year. There's a guy vomiting on the field. No thanks. All right. Coming up, uh, the latest on the Ohio State staff because apparently – Despite making changes this offseason, there might be more changes. We'll get to that coming up next year. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 as we come to you from Rivers Casino here in Portsmouth. Come try your hand at blackjack, poker, roulette, slots, and so much more for a true Las Vegas style experience. Rivers Casino here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The Scott Jackson Show will return after this timeout on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It's been a long day and sometimes things fall through the cracks. It's time to figure out what we missed on the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. And we are here at Rivers Casino for the final segment here. Been great out here. If you haven't been out here before a first class facility, uh, we are having a blast here. Come out, try their your hand at blackjack, poker, roulette, slots, and so much more a true Las Vegas style experience here at Rivers Casino. And again, here at the Bet River Sportsbook, where you can catch all the action on the biggest screens around It's Hampton Road's ultimate spot to watch wager and win. All right. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes thought they had a win when they hired Bill O'Brien away from the New England Patriots as their offensive coordinator, but um, there's a chance Bill O'Brien may never actually call a single play for the Ohio State Buckeyes <laughs> because he is apparently among the finalists for the vacancy at Boston College. Um, so there's that. So what would Ryan Day do, right? Like if that happened on National Signing Day, he said there's no update, um, which marked the first time he'd spoken publicly since the new year. He said. It uh, it isn't one of those situations where you take one guy out and put another guy in there. He goes, we'll have a contingency plan in place. Hopefully we don't get too far down the road, but we'll what we'll do is we'll adapt. Now, Day, meanwhile, um, insists that he's not going to be calling plays, though, because, remember, he handed this, you know, he's given up the play-calling duties for 2024 regardless of whether or not Bill O'Brien is part of the equation or not. I'm sure Ohio State fans are just happy to hear that. Um, so... Whoever ends up being the offensive coordinator in 2024 is obviously um, going to deal with a Buckeyes team that's losing a pretty good player, too. Marvin Harrison, Jr., I think mm-hmm. you've probably heard of yeah. him. So, there is that. But anyway, Bill O'Brien up for this vacancy at Boston College, which was kind of late, needless to say, because they lost their coach who went to the NFL. Um you just showed me some fascinating Taylor Swift stuff. We'll have to use that to tomorrow. Do we have time to do it? Yeah, I guess we have like two minutes, we'll right? I have two minutes. Yeah, you got this for me.
1: Apparently, there's a a 13 conspiracy <laughs> that's surrounding Taylor Swift, okay. and she was born on December the 13th. Okay. She turned 13 on Friday the 13th. All right. Her first album went gold in the U.S. and it took 13 weeks to happen. Oh boy. She just won her 13th Grammy. Her new album is going to be titled 13. This is Super Bowl 58. Five plus eight. Equals what? 13. Oh, my camp. God. So she's been to 12 Chief games so far this Uh-oh. year. The Super Bowl would be her 13th. No. The Niners are the one seed. The Chiefs are the three seed. Uh-oh. 49ers, four plus nine equals 13. And uh, I don't even know if I need to go on. But, oh, by the way, uh, 100% minus 13%, 87. That's uh, Travis Kelsey's number.
0: Oh, my God. What the heck just happened here? Just saying. That's like a magic trick. I mean that's like a magic trick right there. That's a lot of stuff. Wow, like Penn and Teller couldn't have pulled that off. What what was that? My head hurts. That is incredible. Who sits down and figures all this crap out? (laughs) Swifty, seriously, seriously. (laughs) Oh my goodness! All right. Uh, Well, there you go. That's all you needed to know. Lucky. It's over. Maybe it's over. San Francisco. It's over. They will be the most hated team in, the, in America. Now, they, if the Chiefs
1: only score 13 points, I'm done.
0: Yeah. I'm out. They're going to win thir- with 13 points. Or if they win by 13. Or by 13, right. There's a lot of ways to look at that. Oh, boy. You know, it's like when um, the um, Redskins won their first Super Bowl and John Riggins, number 44, rips off the run. They won 27-17. That's right. And it's, you know, seventeen and twenty, 27-17 you know, right. is 44 for Rico. So these things work sometimes, these weird numerical things. All right. Tomorrow we're at Ballyhoo's in uh, Virginia Beach. We will see you there tomorrow. Looking forward to that show. We got a a jam-packed one. Um, Brandon Lang, you may have seen his movie with Matthew McConaughey in it. Anyway, he's going to join us. Give us some Super Bowl wagering tips, among other things. My old radio partner Jim Ducebello, covered the Redskins for a long time, will be with us as well. Uh, Joe Gregory, the Tide, says he's going to stop by. He's got a uh, 49ers um, connection, so we'll get that from Joe on site at Valley Hoos tomorrow as well. Hope to see you out there from 3 to 7. All right, thanks, everybody here. Thanks to Derek on site. Thanks to James with him. Richie Summer of back in the studios. Thanks to Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. We'll see you tomorrow at 3.